why start a perennial from a seed when you can spend like two or three dollars for an herb and if it's a perennial you don't have to spend that again yeah Hey there, thanks for tuning in to episode 31 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast, and uh, how are you doing today, Greg? Oh, doing great. Awesome. No complaints. Good, good, good. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, supposedly spring, and, oh. uh, you know, you, I guess when we're recording this, you don't have snow there, but we're getting we're getting some snow, maybe last minute snowstorm down here, but forecast is good for the next week or so, so maybe that'll get things going and growing, so... Well, and it's not snowing, but if I want to see snow, all I got to do is open the uh, open the drapes here, uh, and of course I can see all the snow I want. Right, it's still around. Yes, that's right. I remember seeing that in the in the video that uh, that we've put up. So yeah. So what um, the uh, topic today is all about transplants. Is that correct? That's right. We're going to do uh, the issue. We're going to talk about today is. Uh, whether to buy or grow them on your own. I mean, some people, a lot of people who have are growing transplants have already started, but there's some some transplants you wouldn't really start them till around now anyway, like uh, your, your peppers and tomatoes and the eggplant and heat-loving mm-hmm. heat things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get started on that, I just wanted to make a couple notes just speaking to the uh, the video I just put out. Whenever you finish these things, you, you realize, oh, I should have said this or I should have said that or mm-hmm. uh, so on yeah. and so forth. Um, so rather than, you know, field, I know there'll be thousands of questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just in case, um, just in case I'm flooded with questions. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, people might ask me, why, why did you build a frame around them? Why didn't you just put the plastic down? Why didn't you just put the mesh down and that sort of stuff? And the reason is because it'll blow away. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Where yeah. I am, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you don't have this issue in your garden, then you don't need it. You don't need to build a frame around it. That's uh, I have to because it has to be something I can lash or weight down. I've got rocks. You don't see it in the video, but the um, the mesh ones don't need any um, uh, you know weights. They seem to hold uh, hold on. But the uh, the plastic that'll just that's a sail. That's right. a that's a, that's an umbrella that's just waiting to fly. Yeah. Uh, so I've got rocks are on every yeah. corner to hold them in place because it'll just fly away. Otherwise, it's so yeah. windy there. Yeah. Um, even the, video, the videos, you, often there's like a, a bit of a wind noise, and I apologize for that. But it's with, with the equipment I have uh, currently, that's unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, so try to minimize it or pick times of day when the winds are lower. But, you know, anyway, it's either videos with wind or no video. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you're doing yeah. what you can. You're doing what you can. Yeah, exactly. I think people like to see stuff. Yeah. Um, so that the, the reason I chose the size, the dimension I chose, um, so I can put them away easily. Yeah, uh, I chose a size that two of them pretty much uh, fits perfectly in my box, and uh, I can just lean these against the wall in my shed, and they sort of disappear. I don't like clutter, and I don't have mm-hmm. infinite space, uh, so I like things. I don't want them around in the garden when you know yeah. when it's warm. I want all that stuff out. I just want the garden to look like dirt and rocks and wood and plants, sort of thing. A garden, um, yeah. Yeah, um, and you might ask how they're working. So I went out and checked this morning. So I mean, it was below zero last night. So that's the best time to check how effective they are. Isn't at the height of day when it's hot, but like, what effect are they having? You know that the next day. 
So yeah. the gardens that there's nothing on, they are frozen again. Uh, they, the top inch or two had thawed a little bit yesterday on the gardens with nothing, yeah. uh, but they have frozen again, frozen and sort of heaved, you know, with the frost. Um, the gardens with the black mesh are um, thawed to about two inches deep. Okay. And still thawed. Um, you know, if it doesn't warm up, they might freeze again today. Yeah, yeah. But it was below zero all night, and there was enough heat in the ground as a result of having those, uh, I'm going to call them heat magnets, um, to uh, to keep it from refreezing overnight. Yeah. And, uh, it was probably like minus five last night or something like that, minus five Celsius. Um, the plastic, that is thawed down to four inches right now. It's still, the ground's still frozen below four inches. Cause I don't know how, I should get out there with a pickaxe and see how deep yeah. the how deep the ice uh, or the frost goes. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, they're still, <laughs> they're still frozen underneath. But anyway, it, it penetrated, the heat penetrated four inches mm-hmm. and maybe more. I don't know, but it penetrated at least four inches and they have, they remained thawed. Yeah. Moreover, I mean, on the underside of the plastic this morning when I was out there around eight thirty uh, a.m., mm-hmm. there was water droplets uh, underneath the plastic. So that mm-hmm. tells me that, the ground it was had stored up enough heat to keep ice from forming on the underside of the plastic all night as well. Yeah. The ground was like you know radiating heat up. Right. Um, that's pretty good. You know, that's not yeah. bad for yeah. a couple bucks worth of uh, plastic and uh, uh, you know uh, the, the, the cheapest lumber you can buy. Um, no. You know, one three strapping. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely worth the while. I'm going to build a couple more, um, and uh, you only need these for a little while. And uh, the only reason you need them is if you have a spring like this one. I mean, any spring you can use this to bring things along a little sooner. But especially yeah. ones like this, where like, man, I want my ground to thaw before the summer solstice. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and and yeah. for people who are wondering what video this is, just go to our Facebook page and. It'll be the video posted just before this episode. So if you find episode 31, just scroll down a little more. You'll see the video. And uh, we'll also have it in our YouTube channel, so you can find it there as well. And our website. And yes. Imagine that. <laughs> Maritimegardening.com. Yeah. Everything that we post of significance is also uh, posted as a, basically a blog entry on the website. So, yeah, just go to MaritimeGardening.com. Check it out. That's right. Oh, and one further note on that. I was going to take a picture, but I, um, in my – so I planted um, some seeds in my coal frames about three weeks ago. Yeah. And they some of them have germinated. I believe the kale and the Swiss chard um, and possibly the lettuce. Mm-hmm. I planted romaine lettuce, um, Paris costs, I think, the variety. Um, they have all germinated. There's only one, th- and I don't even remember, I don't tend to put sticks that tell me what, normally when the plants come up, I can tell what it is just by looking at the shape of the caudal leaves, yeah. uh, if not the secondary leaves that come out. Um, but uh, for most of them, I've got little tiny, uh, you know, uh, I've got two leaves showing, the initial two mm. leaves. So stuff's happening there, you know. Cool. So they did have an effect, right? Whereas nice. everything else is frozen. Yeah. It takes longer because the temperature isn't constantly above zero, right? Some nights yeah. uh, in March, they were the ground. Some nights and some mornings in March, when I checked the cold frames, the ground had the top inch or so had frozen, which is where the where the, the yeah. And most important thing is that the 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 cold frames keep the the ground underneath from freezing. Right. So, 
um, you know, the, the top little inch or so might get frosty or might might freeze up a bit, but then by noon it's it's melted again, and the, and of course the ground two, three, four, five, six, and everything below is also uh, not frozen. Right. Uh, so, but anyway, that stuff mm-hmm. slows down germination, of course. But if you're planting something that's tough that can take a bit of freezing and thawing, yeah. then uh, it will germinate. It just won't germinate in one week like it would in your, uh, mm. you know, in your house or whatever, because mm-hmm. it's not getting like constant 16 degrees Celsius, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, ideal conditions. Yeah. No, anyway, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, good. And you know, I don't know about other people, but. Uh, Nothing has come up in my garden at all. Nothing. I got. I got no tulips. I got no 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 garlic. No rhubarb. No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Big pile of squat. No, we're uh, we're getting there though. I, I'd say with the long range. Yeah. As of April fifth, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas last year's stuff, you know, there were some things happening by this time of year. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you got stuff happening, by all means, uh, you know, share your pictures with us. So transplants. Transplants. Um, so on the show here, I talk a lot about straight seeding. It's it's easier in many ways. Uh, there's many advantages. Uh, no hardening off. No frigging around. Uh, I consider it a very, you know, in terms of the time you have to put into growing things, it uses the least amount of your time. Right. They're growing right where they are going to grow, and you don't have to, like, you know, design some sort of transplanting environment, and you don't need all the equipment and accoutrements and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, um, and the plants grow really vigorous and strong because they germinate right in the ground where they start. So that's mm. all all great. But of course, uh, I don't I don't straight seed everything. Yeah. And I do use transplants. So then the other question you might, the other thing you have to decide about transplants is um, buying them versus growing them. Right. Um, so let's first just talk about transplants. You know, let's talk about a little bit more about transplants and the, the sort of pros and cons very briefly. Yeah. Um, so because I've talked about seeds and why they're so great, but you know, so let's talk about transplants a little bit here. Um, you know, the advantages they give you a great head start, right? You can, you know, as, instead of putting a seed in the ground when it's warm enough for that variety, you can put a plant that's two or three or four or five inches high. Jeez, I got neighbors that grow their tomatoes almost two feet high. Uh, you know, they have them in their garage and they bring them in and out of their garage and they get this really elaborate process they do. So mm-hmm. when my, uh, when my, one of my tomatoes are maybe three inches tall in my garden, they've got like these two and a half foot things they bring out. Uh, okay. That's cool. That's great. Um, the skate, uh, their garden is way smaller than mine. It's, right. it's maybe a tenth the size of mine. So yeah. and that's their, their main thing is, is tomatoes and peppers. Right, really. So right. That's their baby. And right. But I, you know, it's tomatoes just one of many things for me and I just don't have the, I'm not interested in, in all of that, that, that giant science project that's involved. In right. <laughs> um, right. And they do it successfully. They, you know, I see them in the, in the spring. Once it gets warm, they'll come home from work and open their garage door and bring the transplants out and let them get a bit of sun and close the garage door and all this sort of stuff. Um, and you can do all that. It's just, it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, um, the other advantage of uh, transplants is you've got, um, you've got pest control when they're young, right? If you're growing them inside your house, they're not going to be getting eaten by slugs and flea beetles and all these other sorts of things, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, whereas when I'm straight seeding in my garden, um, I'll have whole rows disappear some nights just from just from slugs, let mm. alone rabbits and porcupines and all yeah. this other 
things. Um, so I have to deal with those problems, uh, whereas with, with a transplant, you don't. Right. Um, and another advantage of transplants is that they use less seeds, right? You don't have to, you know, I, I use a lot of seeds when I'm straight seeding because you assume that things are going to get lost, things are going to get eaten, things are going to, some of the seeds aren't viable. Yeah. Um, but if you if you want to plant like six kale plants indoors in a transplant, maybe you use two seeds per per cell. Okay. That way you pick the better one. So to to have six plants, you use twelve. Whereas to have like a couple, let's say two eight foot rows of kale, I use like a hundred seeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the end, once I've thinned that all down, it's only going to be about a dozen kale plants. Right. 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 <laughs> so right. You know, with some varieties of kale, I have my own seeds anyway, so I don't. I have yeah. thousands of seeds. Right. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's the advantages, and there's probably other ones too that I can't think of right now. But that's um, yeah. some of the advantages, and of course, the cons are it's 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 a little tedious and time consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it depends on your personality type, right? Some people yeah. are just dying for something to do. And another advantage of uh, the transplants is something to do in, in the winter when there's nothing else to do. Yeah. From a gardening point of view, I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's other things that people have busy lives. But there's other things to do. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, one of the cons is that it's 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 te- tedious and you know, time consuming. You need to dedicate mm-hmm. a space somewhere in your home, um, especially if you want to grow a lot of them. Uh, you need to, you know, locate the resources, uh, potting soil and equipment to do them right. Yeah. Um, you know, they, uh, it's just time consuming, right? So it's, yeah. that's the kind of transplants. But that's, gotcha. now let's talk more about um, buying or growing them. Yeah, well, um, speaking of buying, can you get these at Kent? Yes, you can. Dave. Oh, wicked! <laughs> awesome, and that's handy because Kent is our, our, a partner of our show. So, yeah, it's great. And I, I have, you know, like the part of the agreement was that I only talk about things that I have done or I'm willing to try to do um, mm-hmm. with regard to their products. I, I, I buy uh, Kent transplants every year. Um, I buy nice. transplants from a number of places, but I've, you know, there's certain things I used to only be able to get at Kent, like that uh, Vietnamese coriander, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and and that I don't even can't find the seeds anywhere. Like the only way I can grow it is to buy a transplant there, stick it in the ground. Anyway, so yes, you can get tra- and they have a pretty you know for a hardware store they got a pretty good selection. So yeah, uh, check it out. Yeah, um, I think almost all my perennial herbs I bought at Kent. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't start any of them from seeds, not one. Because oh, okay. <laughs> for me, like a perennial, and we'll do a whole episode on perennial, but why start a perennial from a seed when you can spend like two or three dollars? for an herb and if it's a perennial you don't have to spend that again yeah. so why would i spend 2.99 on a pack of seeds to grow one plant because <laughs> yeah. you know like one oregano perennial yeah. um never you know like that's is, perennial uh, uh something like oregano it, it colonizes it gets bigger every year sort of thing mm-hmm. so that one plant can become i've probably got oregano growing in 12 different places in my garden that's all from one plant nice I bought once, the same with uh, a lot of the other ones that have that quality. Not all of them, but a lot of them have that quality. So, uh, yeah. yeah, why Why would you bother messing yeah. around with seeds um, for something like that? Yeah. Anyway, um, so we'll talk about growing first. The pros of growing is that it's uh, with transplants, you can either buy them or grow them, right? Yeah. And growing, the, the big advantage of growing, in my mind, the way I, I think, is that you have a greater choice of variety, right? If you start a transplant in your house or in your window or in your grow up, <laughs> yeah. you've got more variety, yeah. right? You've got all the seeds that are sold at the place you like to buy your seeds. Yeah. Um, you don't buy them at Kent. And yeah. Um, yeah. 
I mean, you you can buy seeds from anywhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just go on eBay, there's ridiculous uh, options out there for uh, seeds, from exotic seeds from anywhere. So if you're growing your own, you've got that option, right? Yeah. Limitless options. Um, and that's fun, trying different options of things. Um, and uh, it can it can cost cost less if you need a lot right like if yeah. you if i need if i needed 50 kale transplants which i don't mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it would it would be a little costly to buy those as transplants because they cost about i don't know two or three bucks for a half dozen yeah so if you need a lot it, it can cost less and mm-hmm. as i mentioned before it's it's it can be fun and something to do in late winter and i know a lot of people get a, a sense of satisfaction of starting their own transplants and moving them outside and all that sort of stuff yeah. um the cost or the con of of growing your own is that um everything i mentioned before right this is tedious if you know if you don't like tedium the tedious and time consuming and you need all that equipment and potting soil yeah. and you've got uh, all that all that nasty mold and mildew issues that uh um drives me nuts mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and the hardening off and all that sort of stuff um yeah. you know there's all that um stuff you have to deal with when you do it right whereas right. if you're right um uh, which you don't have to deal with if you just buy them right so the, the other problem or the other con of growing your own is um if you only need a few of whatever the plant or variety is you know often six or eight plants cost as much as a pack of seeds yeah so I can buy and spend a dollar ninety nine for a hundred kale seeds, yeah. or I can spend a dollar ninety nine for six kale plants. Yeah. Um, it, you got to remember when they get big. You know, a kale plant's like two feet wide, maybe two. Depends on the variety, right? But mm-hmm. you know, and your soil conditions and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, if things go well and you're growing a Scotch curly kale or red Russian kale or a, a lacinato kale or what have you, there's lots of many different varieties of kale. You're going to have a plant that's a couple feet high and a couple and a, at least a foot wide. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a dozen kale plants is a lot. Of, you're going to be eating kale two or three times a week. You know, you're going to have it coming out your ears. Right. Uh, once sure. So how many, how much do you need of something, right? If you only need about six, mm-hmm. look at your gardening space. If, whatever that plant is, if you only need six, then there's an advantage to just buying the transplant as opposed to buying seeds and then growing them as transplants and going through all the, you know, because the seeds yeah. the seeds don't last forever. They don't retain their viability forever anyway. It's not like, a, well, I'm going to buy a pack of 50 seeds and now I don't have to buy seeds for the next 10 years. Right. Or depending on right. what you're growing, those seeds might be, you know, worthless in five years. It really depends yeah. also on how well you store them and those conditions and so on. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it makes sense uh to buy transplants because, geez, if you only need a handful of them, uh, why would you buy a th- hundred seeds and go through all the hassle of starting yeah. them from seeds uh, if you only need six? It's only a savings to transplant if you if you are growing a lot, to, to grow it yourself if you're growing a lot of them. Cool. Um, so you know, if you have a small garden, why not? You know, yeah. if you if, if you like it, it's a thing. So I mean, if you're um, if you're um, buying them. Right. If you like the varieties that are at the, um, the place you're going to buy them, um, why not just buy them? And the other thing is a, a lot of times, uh, not always, but a lot of times, the varieties that are sold at garden centers are the varieties that are very popular that people in the area where you live have found too. And mm-hmm. it's, it's the varieties that are, that are in demand, yeah. and it's because those varieties do well. Like here yeah. in Nova Scotia, we have a tomato called the Scotia. Right. And of all the varieties of tomatoes I've ever uh uh, planted, they're they're pretty. They're they're a determinate variety, 
and of course they sell them at Kent, but they sell yeah. them everywhere. They sell them right. everywhere. Right, right, right. right, right. But it's the variety that does really, really well here in our conditions. It's a fast-growing, tough, you know, sort of pest and disease-resistant uh, tomato. Yeah. Uh, so it's another advantage of, you know, especially if you're new to gardening, uh, let someone else figure all that stuff out and just buy yeah. them, stick yeah. to the ground. And another uh, advantage to buying transplants is often they're, they're to some degree hardened off. I've never found I have the hardening off issues with bot transplants. When I grow them in my house, especially if I grow them under lights, mm-hmm. it is like you got to be very careful getting those things hardened off. Whereas yeah. if you buy them from a garden center, and it's been my experience, um, you know, buy them on a rainy day, plant them on a rainy day. They don't like, you know, they don't die. Like I've had plants, if you, if you started them indoors, if you put them outside on the wrong day yeah. or you move them a, a little bit too quickly, you practically kill the thing in, in a matter of hours, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when you buy transplants, you don't seem to have those those problems. I don't know if they have them, if they're moving them in, out, in, in you know, outside and inside and they're getting uh, some sort of real sun, something more than just fake lights. They seem to, they just seem to adapt better to the situation. Right. Um, to, to being outdoors. Um, uh, if you have a small garden, it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you can only plant so much stuff. You can only have so many of everything and plants get big. So, you know, when, when there's nothing in the garden, we tend to plant all kinds of things really close. But once things start getting larger, um, doesn't, you know, you have to start thinning stuff out anyway. And the right. end, at the end of the day, once your plants mature, you're going to only have a few of everything anyway. Yeah. Um, if you have a large garden, it's handy if, I mean, of course it makes sense um, if you want uh, um, heat-loving plants and you don't want to go through the hassle of starting them on your own. Yeah. But uh, also if you want a head start. So, like, if you were going to straight seed, uh, I'll keep using kale as an example, but it's, mm-hmm. it's popular. Mm-hmm. You were gonna, your plan was to straight seed some kale. You still might want to buy you know, six yeah. kale transplants so that those will come in a bit earlier. Right. So you'll have this, you know, this almost like a, an early crop of it, right? Because it's, it's, yeah. it's jump-started. Um, and that way you're not buying a whole ton of, let's say you want to have 20 kale plants. Well, six of them you buy as a transplant sort yeah. of thing. So you yeah. get those of it. Anyways, that's my, my thoughts on the issue of, uh, of buying transplants, uh, why to do it, tra- buying transplants versus growing them yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages on both sides, um, but hopefully um, this will give some people uh, something, to, you know, something to think about when they're making that decision. Mm-hmm. If you're just yeah. getting started or you have a small garden or you're happy yeah. with the variety they sell at the uh, garden center near you, then just just make it easy on yourself and buy them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It doesn't make you any less. Uh, I think some people think like you're only a real gardener if you uh, have your own transplants. If you grow your right, grow from that's, seed, that's, yeah. that's rubbish. Like you're yeah. you're a real gardener if you if you are able to eat food out of your garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, that's a good, that's a good way know, to look at you, it. Sitting there with a meal and it grew in your backyard and you did most of it. <laughs> you know, you might be uh, a gardener. You know, yeah. I mean, so the fact that uh, I mean, growing transplants indoors—it's you're more of a science. It's more of a science thing. I yeah. found anyway. It's way. I find it way harder. I find. Uh, tr- I mean, I'm sure lots of people are going to say, "What are you talking about?" I find it very tedious. I find straight yeah. seeding way easier. And uh, every year I, I have less and less trans. I don't have. I got a couple transplants in my window right now. And everything else uh, this year, I've got growing under my cold frames. And I'll, every year, I tell myself I'm not going to buy transplants, but I'm in a garden center. I'm like, oh, those look nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think I got a place I can stick those in. Yeah, and I yeah. always end up buying somewhere. 
And I consider myself a real garden. <laughs> you look at my garden, <laughs> I'm pretty into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a, uh, you're not cheating. It's, it's mm -hmm. just, uh, just one more strategy in having a successful garden. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's good. That, uh, that wraps up episode 31. So again, anyone listening, you want to check the show notes, just go to maritimegardening.com slash 031. Wait a sec, uh, the show notes. Yeah. There was, talk about this? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, speaking of show notes, um, I was going to say, you know, I write show notes every week and I'm not trying to, not like I feel like they're neglected. Yeah. Um, but um, what I do with the show notes, I mean, I, I try to summarize what we talked about in the uh, episode, but also I, uh, what I do is I listen to the episode and, and figure out the main themes and write them. But I'll often um, go into more detail on certain things yeah. or if I feel like I left something out or if there was some, uh, error or omission mm -hmm. or anything like that. I, I try to anything I, when I when I listen to the show, any question that comes up in my mind based on something I said, oh, why didn't you talk about this or what about this or what about that? Mm -hmm. uh, I'll try to address that in the show notes. So they they're not just uh, a copy of what we talked about. They're sort of like a, a footnote. Yeah. A, I don't write it that way. I just I make yeah. it sound like I'm summarizing a perfect conversation, <laughs> but there's a, you know, you know the uh, the podcast is a conversational style, so there's right. there's little flaws here and there, and I'm not worried about being perfect when we're doing the podcast. Uh -huh. But when I'm writing show notes, I'm much more concerned with having it really hang together. Yeah. So um, it's it, they're meant to complement, and they they do add. There's more information in the in the show notes than are than we yes. discuss on the show. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's not like, you know, it's not 100%. <laughs> Most of it's what we talked about. But it might be it's 50-50 or 60-40 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. That's great. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, by all means, check out our Facebook page. Um, and, uh, you know, like us, share us. And uh, we will catch you on the next one. Thanks, Greg. Right on. All thanks. Right. Talk soon. Bye-bye.